Welcome to Deal Closers with Annette Tali, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Tali. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Tali, and my guest today is Rita Medeiros. Welcome, Rita. Hi, Annette. So honored to be here. Oh, no, the honor is mine. Let me tell you a, bit, a little bit about Rita. She's a full-time psychiatric nurse and a mom of two millennial entrepreneurs, former Dale Carnegie instructor, corporate motivational speaker, out-of-state buy-and-hold real estate investor. Uh, she purchased 21 single-family homes in 11 months and, converted over, and completed over 20 rehabs. Uh, in and she focuses on affordable housing. Uh, she's been the guest of several podcasts and speaker on real estate. Um, and she runs a women's group of 250 members. And she has been featured in bigger packets. Wow, Rita, I can attest about your group. It's an amazing a meetup group that I also attend and it's just for women and it's such a supportive environment. I really enjoy it. It's a little bit far for me and but I try to go every time I can. So uh, tell me Rita, how did you get into real estate? Well, I have a full-time W-2 job and one day I was just thinking about my retirement down the road and as we all know, uh, real estate is a great vocation and we all know it's out there we all know it's lucrative but I hadn't jumped in until that fateful day when I was thinking about my retirement and I picked up the phone and called Social Security to find out how much I would be entitled to and I was shocked to learn that after working all of our lives we are asked to retire on our own money that we contributed of less than two thousand dollars a month and that was the day I decided you know what let me give that real estate thing a try and I jumped in on that day Wow, that's amazing. You know, just like you decided, um, a lot of people think about retirement, but, you know, we think about something that is so far that we don't really worry about it. But you, you took action right away. Yeah, exactly. I think that is the problem. We all go to sleep, we do our W-2 jobs, and we don't really think about our other escape hatches, our plan B, our parachute in life. And I think if we were taught that at an earlier age, we would be in a lot better place financially. Absolutely. The Deal. All right. So tell us about the deal. What deal are we going to talk about? What type of asset and where is it located? Uh, It's a single family home and it's out of state. I invest in Ohio. So I'll choose one of those uh, assets. Excellent. All right. So how did you find it? Well, because I'm a passive investor, my theory is to go where all the homes are. So I don't really want to work that hard. I don't want to do mailers. I don't want to do drive-by. So I go where the homes are prevalent and that happens to be the MLS and that's where I find my deals. So you just look on the MLS. Exactly. Because that's where they are. That's where they're advertised. And if you're about passive income, you know, I already have another job. I don't have time to drive for dollars. I don't want to 
to make this really an active job. I want this to be as passive as I can make it. So with that logic in mind, it seemed like going to the MLS was a no-brainer. Perfect. And how, why did you choose Ohio? Because I know you're a South, you live in South Florida. Just basically because of cash flow. As we all know, there are really two avenue, avenues to take. One would be for appreciation. The other would be for cash flow. I decided I wanted to go the cash flow route. And if I get some appreciation pop along the way, that would just be an added bonus. And as we go to these different RIAs and we're involved in the real estate world, we hear about some of the same areas for cash flow, such as Birmingham, Alabama, Kansas City, uh, Buffalo, Jacksonville. So I just jumped into the Midwest. It was just a, a random cash flow decision. Okay, but you run with it and look where you are now. It's amazing. All right, so what was the price of this deal? The uh, advertised price was 63000 $63, for a single yes. family home. Okay, and uh, what did you buy it for? What, what did you end up buying and how did you uh, negotiate it? I negotiated it through the realtor because with the MLS, there's typically always a realtor involved. And as a buy and hold investor, I'm less... Uh, concerned about the price point of entry because I obviously am going to hold it for hopefully 30 years. So I don't need to buy it at the rock, rock bottom point, uh, price point as perhaps a flipper would need to or a wholesaler. So when you're a buy and hold investor, you can pay uh, market or almost market and just hold it. So I ended up negotiating it and I with the realtor and I purchased it for 57 57. Did you have any um, repairs that you had to do? Uh, minor repairs. Uh, many of these homes on the MLS are uh, tenant ready in that they're being sold retail. So they're being sold to other homeowners. So some of the homes need a great deal of work, but some are just cosmetic paint, carpet, some minor repairs, uh, look at the plumbing and all of that. But uh, this one did not have a, a, a huge rehab. Okay, perfect. And so how much are you renting it for? Uh, rents are typically uh, in the uh, $750 to $800 uh, range. And on that one, I'm getting $775. And I usually go through the Section 8 program because they rent uh, market and they put the direct deposit right into one's bank account. It's pretty easy to qualify. There's such a need in this country for affordable housing. So I chose to go the Section 8 route because also I'm able to provide safe, affordable housing to many single moms as the program generally has moms and their children in, in it. And I'm very gratified by, by that side element. Yeah, and I know that's one of your, your uh, goals to provide affordable housing and so can you expand on this and, and how Section 8 helps you do that? Because I think a lot of people are not familiar with Section 8 and they are, a lot of people are scared uh, of, of doing Section 8. Um, but, you know, you, you've been doing it for a while and uh, you are, you know, crushing it. So please tell us um, a little bit more about it. Well, in this country, as you well know, there is such a demand for affordable housing. So I looked at that as a contrarian thinking, well, let me go where the demand is and let me provide a service when there's such a pent up uh, need for that affordable housing. And with the Section 8 program, there was such a um, 
misconception about it in that years ago, many people would say, oh, I'm going to stay away from Section 8 because they could destroy my property and have problematic tenants. But what I found is the exact opposite in that Section 8 has changed. And therefore, if the tenant should damage your property, the Section 8 mom then risks losing her voucher for life. So as a result, they don't want to do that. In fact, I found that they are some of my best tenants. They take good care of the house. They end up putting their young children in the relatively good school systems. Sometimes they're coming out of the projects or multifamily living situations, and they come to a single-family home. They put their children in school, and as a result, they want to stay for 10 or 12 years while their children are completing school. And uh, the Section 8 program has inspections, but I look at that also as a positive thing, where they're keeping my properties up to code. Excellent. Yeah, that's definitely, there is a little bit of a bad rap for Section 8, uh, but like you said, they change, and so it's helping you keeping your property, um, you know, inspected and up to code. So it, it's a, definitely a positive to have. Excellent. Okay, so did you end up putting any money on the repairs for this property that we're talking about? Yes. Uh, typically, I, I do the repairs, and I pay cash, and then I go back afterwards and refinance the, prog uh, the property out and pull 75% of the cash out of it after purchase. Okay, so on this one, for the example of this one, you bought it for 57. Mm -hmm. How much did you put into it? Probably about three, three to $4,000 in uh, the rehab costs, yes. Okay, so your final price was around 60, 61,000. Exactly. And how much did you refinance it for? I purchase it cash and then go back in and pull out 75% of that so i can read it appraise for more or it appraise for about the same price it appraised for about the same price because again i'm going for cash flow so i'm not looking for that big appreciation pop uh up front and i'm content with the fact that i can redeploy my funds and pull out 75 percent and if it appraises at the uh sixty thousand i'm i'm okay with that and uh do you have to wait the six months for seasoning normally or or have you found no, each uh, bank has their different requirements and different criteria. And I found one that has no seasoning period. I was able to jump right in there. And now I've developed a relationship with them. So fortunately, it's uh, by the time the rehabs are completed, of course, you have a, a month or two into it, but no, no long-term seasoning requirement. That's excellent because you can, so you end up leaving a little bit of cash there, only like 25% of what you invested and then you take everything else and then you're able to go do the next one. Exactly. Yep. And just build that machine. That was my thought process of just getting it going so that it will throw off enough cash eventually that I can continue to be in that acquisition mode. That's, you know, you're giving us so much great info because sometimes people, they don't realize how they can scale and you've been able to scale your business and you have in 11 months, you bought 21 units, 21 single family homes. Doing yes, exactly. And, you know, I think the most critical point is for people to just get started, to start doing something in real estate. I don't know any investor that only owns one property. It seems as though once they get in there and once they start self-educating without the need of gurus or anything, just get in there and listen to podcasts, read books, 
and purchased one's first property, then you learn so much of the process. You can certainly duplicate that a second time. And if you can do it once and twice, you can certainly do it 12 times. So scaling, once you get started, is easier than we think it is when we're sitting on the sidelines. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, um, if you, you're totally right. If you do it once, you can systemize it. You know, you, you know, you do it once, you learn the mistakes, you do it twice, you learn the tricks. And then you just, from there, you just keep doing it. And, uh, you know, and, and it, it's amazing what you have done. When I went to your meetup the first time and you told, you said that, I was like, wow, <laughs> I want to do that for sure. Uh, and you pick a market where you can do that because we are, we live in South Florida. So you, you could do that because, but you need a lot more capital here to be able to do that. So it's possible to do, but you, you are, you have a lot more competition and you, you need a lot more cash. So you took a different market where you were able to take your money and, and make it work a lot more than in, in a busy market like South Florida. Yeah, absolutely. It's just trying to get out of one's comfort zone and not be afraid of reading and finding out there are people investing all over the United States. And I often say, I think sometimes we pay more for the convenience of driving by our properties. If we can just uh, expand our paradigm and realize we can invest uh, upstate Florida or out of state of Florida or out of any of our uh, zones, we suddenly open up the opportunity to many more options. And that's all I try to do. Absolutely. And I'm guilty of that. You know, I, I invest in South Florida because I like to touch it, feel it. <clears throat> but you should be proud of me. I am actually flying to Ohio uh, this weekend, coming weekend to look at a partnership over there to see if, uh, you know, I, I want to be able to replace my income. And so I'm going to do it with cash flow properties instead of, you know, here in Florida where you have to put more cash out in order to invest. Absolutely, Annette. I think you make such a good point that luckily for us in real estate, there's so many options. We don't all have to take the same track. We can do buy and hold, we can flip, we can wholesale, we can do in-state, out-of-state, we could do notes. There's really something for everyone. And the critical piece is just to get started, to get over our fear, jump in there, and we can certainly figure it out as many, many real estate investors have already done. <laughs> Absolutely. And you already told us a little bit about your exit strategy, which is buying and holding, but can you expand on that? What's your reasoning? Why did you decide to go that way? Uh, again, I feel like I'm a contrarian. So while many people are jumping into multifamily, I looked at that and I thought, well, where would I prefer to live? And many of us would prefer to live in a single family. So I looked at that as my tenants would probably appreciate a single family. And then I looked at the exit strategy of a multifamily and I thought, the only takers for multi would be another investor. Well, I don't really like dealing with another investor on an exit strategy because they're way too smart for my taste. They want to buy at the rock bottom prices. So I thought for me, that was another plus. If I did single family, my exit strategy could be then to market to retail. I could market to my current tenants. I could do a uh, own to lease option with them. So it just seemed to open up a lot more um, diversity in terms of my exit strategy. I wasn't just locked into selling it down the road after 27 and a half years of depreciation to another investor. So I really wanted to have a few more options in terms of exit. 
Ah, that's awesome. And also, I know that you help your daughter start in real estate. Can you tell us a little bit about that? She's a rock star, and I'm so proud of her. She uh, is uh, it, invested in real estate, very interested in it, and I'll have to say I'm her biggest cheerleader. And whatever she does uh, with her portfolio, I'm, I'm on the sidelines encouraging her, and she's, uh, she's quite capable of crushing it. And I'm just a proud mom on the sidelines. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to have to invite her to the show too, to share her story, because I know that you for sure helped her a lot at the beginning, and then she's just now taking it and running with it, which is amazing. Real estate's a great thing. You know, once we have families and that legacy and that passive income, we're able to leave some uh, legacy of passive income to our children, to our grandchildren down the road. So it's a great tool to be able to incorporate the family into the process along the way and also to leave something of substance down the road to help them. Absolutely. Expert tips. Now is the time of the show when I'm going to ask you to give us three tips for our audience. And I would love you to, to give us three tips on how to start because I think you just started from zero to a hundred and you know you always on your meetup especially you give amazing advice on how to start so please share with us the best three tips on how to start in real estate i think the best uh tips are number one get started and number two take action and number three never quit and if you could do those three things and if i can expand on that yes, if you get course. started just start self-educating. We are investing in the most beneficial time for us in that we have the great tool of our iPhone. So there's so many podcasts and tools, free information on there. So we don't need to pay a guru $50,000 for mentorship. If you're halfway determined, you can self-educate as I did. You know, I remember reading three, uh, 60 books in my first year just because I wanted to get my own master's degree in real estate. And we take so many college courses for other people and for our jobs. And I looked at this as an investment in myself and take doing something for me. I also, in the first year, listened to 330 podcasts on the Bigger Pockets Forum. So I would say just take massive action. If you're serious about it, self-educate in your downtime, learn about this world of real estate, and then take some action. Buy one property, and you'll be so glad that you did. Absolutely. It's so, I always tell people, you know, you got to go to the meetups and meet others because I met you, for example, in a meetup and you are a wealth of information and all the things that you're telling me, I can learn by talking to you free. You don't have to go to a $50,000, you know, a guru and, and, and then you learn the same. <laughs> You learn the same. And the main thing is like, if you don't take action, it doesn't matter if you spend money buying one book or if you spend $50,000 on a course, if you don't take action, you're not going to do anything with it. So true, Annette. And you bring up the good uh, point about local RIAs. You know, there's free RIAs out there, real estate investment groups. I love to walk into a meeting in which I am the least educated person in that room because I'm a student of the game and I'm always interested in learning by those more experienced than I. And I love what you're doing. I always learn about your 
exploits and your multifamily interests and everything. And I'm just so proud of you and what you've accomplished. And I think you're just getting started. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure to have you in the show. Uh, thank you for supporting this uh, crazy thing that I'm doing, <laughs> starting a podcast. And uh, I am so glad you came and shared because you have so much stuff to share about your, what you're doing in real estate. And thank you for adding so much value. Thank you for all you do in the real estate world, Annette, and for this great opportunity to talk to your audience. It's really been my privilege and pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This was Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.